but I would love for you um, to really be present with us today, but also be thinking about the questions that you have for us. Um, Tess and I have been doing this for a while. We're going to share a little bit about the beginning, how we um, came to be, how Jen and Millie, if you see the mug up here, that was a Christmas gift I gave to Tess a few years back. They made me get a Bitmoji. Okay, I will say they didn't make you. Hannah's not in the room, which... Sorry, so Hannah, you don't get to defend yourself. But Hannah made us bitmojis. As our, I did not have a bitmoji either and was not familiar with the concept. However, you forced me to create one. With yes. Wrinkles, with wrinkles. So you, put the, you put the wrinkles on. Do not make us the victim. Do not make yourself doubt, the victim here. If there is any doubt who is the 20-year-older person here, it's me. Um, so I am the Gen Xer of Jen and Millie, and Tess is the millennial. So I want to share a little bit about how we got started. Um, again, I'm going to do a show of hands. How many of you have listened to Jen and Millie or seen Jen and Millie? Um, if you didn't, you may have seen a few clips um, this morning, which was a surprise to me, um, brought out some emotion for sure for mm -hmm. me. When Tess and I began working together, um, Tess had this spark and this interest in strengths. And so it was an opportunity for us to really learn about one another through the lens of Gallup's strengths language. And we'll use some of that language. We use a lot of it when we get together on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But how we became a thing, <laughs> we were sitting at our gala. Every year we have a wonderful gala um, up at um, Papillion La Vista's embassy, um, and we had Garth Brooks as our guest. And Garth was chatting about mentors in his life and was just telling some great tales. He'd play the guitar a little bit, and then he'd tell a story, and he'd play the guitar a little bit and tell a story. And he was talking about Bob Seger. And Tess, you know, Bob Seger, Against the Wind. I mean, like, all my favorite records. And Tess looked over at me and said, Bob Saget? <laughs> say, so, say it one more time. Did you mean Bob Saget? She said, does Garth mean Bob Saget? Because, okay, everybody put an asterisk on that because Bob Seger, according to his record licensing, was not on any music streaming platform. Decided not to, not be on iTunes, not be on Spotify. I'm the tech native generation. I grew up with technology, right? And so being a millennial, we grew up with it. We were the tech adaptive into the tech native. And so I maybe had a few CDs growing up, but the majority of my music has I have accessed through buying the 99 cent iTunes songs and now on Spotify, and he chose not to go on either platform. So he was never available in any of the ways that I accessed music. So to give reference, she did not know who Bob Seger was. Yes. <laughs> and I said, you know, Against the Wind still the same. I started going through my card catalog of all the Bob Seger songs that I knew, getting all the way to old time rock and roll. And if you have to get all the way to old time rock and roll with Bob Seger, she does not know who Bob Seger is. I did not. So I looked at her and I said, oh, Tess, like you really don't know who Bob Seger is. And I had this moment of realization that every day at the office, I was sharing some kind of cultural reference from my generation that she did not know. And I had a light bulb moment that every one of our mentors is sharing a generational perspective mm -hmm. with their student that they don't know and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So we decided that we would start having conversations about it. Um, we would mm -hmm. spend a lot of time driving to communities to share about strengths. And we learned a lot about one another. So we had windshield time. We'd have these amazing conversations. And we sat down and said, how about we record it? And so today, what you saw that Hannah put together was a compilation of our first few videos. Mm -hmm. 
And those date way back. Um, I mean, I feel like I've aged significantly. Mm -hmm. Our hair days. has aged yes, significantly. Have, if you look at the videos, you go back <laughs> and look styles. at the YouTube channel, there's just a whole series of Tess and Allison hairstyle uh, changes. Mm -hmm. But also, we've gone through a lot of life together. Yep. And we've chosen to do that through the strength-based lens. And we've chosen to see the generational differences between the two of us as something good. Mm -hmm. as something that we can celebrate and talk about. We've talked about mm -hmm. anything from our favorite holiday gift or birthday gift mm -hmm. to um, how we get and receive music. I brought in a cassette. I brought in my records um, and tests, mm -hmm. and I have also found Common Connection. She also collects vinyl. So we think that's really important when we think about how we can bridge conversations. As I mentioned earlier today, no conversation is neutral. Every conversation that Tess and I have on Jen and Millie, I leave feeling a little bit better about my authentic self, feeling heard, mm -hmm. feeling supported. And our belief is if one person hears the podcast, and I always hope no one is listening, <laughs> but apparently you are. <laughs> apparently it's happening. It always gives me the numbers yep. and I panic. But if one person hears the conversation mm -hmm. and feels heard or feels equipped to take our questions that we ask, we jot down questions that we ask throughout the dialogue together, mm -hmm. Tess will share that out on the Instagram and on the Instagram, it's people just will either respond. the gram like or Instagram. Gram. Like, choose one or the other. If you're going to put the article, you have to say the gram or Instagram. Thank you. I choose to say the Instagram. Okay. <laughs> and it's like the Facebook. Yeah, it doesn't work. There, and the responses we get mm -hmm. are incredible. Yeah. Sometimes we get lovely email responses from yeah. people who mm -hmm. say it's like having a conversation with us. Mm -hmm. We started with a video cast, and then she forced me into a podcast. Okay. Also, you, you pit yourself as a victim here, but let me just say that there were like conditions that predicated the movement to a podcast, i.e. I have no idea how to edit video, and Hannah, our marketing person who used to record these videos, went on maternity leave, and so I said, I think we can still do them. We can just record our voices, and I'll figure out how to make a podcast, but I'm not messing with video, and it was also starting to run out of outfits because we like, like I never felt like I could wear the same thing because I'm a visual learner, so I will remember what we talked about based on what I was wearing that day right so I was like so I feel like I can't really remember, you know not that it really mattered at all but I was like I don't have that many clothes and so anyway the you know the you know those two coming together right basically led us to figuring out how to make it into a podcast Tess has high learner so every once in a while in the podcast you'll hear me refer to one of her strengths that's an example of her learner in action this is an example of her adaptability in action those are two strengths that aren't as high for me so I lean mm -hmm. into those strengths. Tess has high context, knows exactly where I put my keys. She sees visually spatial recognition where Allison puts her keys. But she puts them in the weirdest places. That's why I remember them. Like, like the weirdest, the, I think the first time you really recognize this, like usually it's like, yeah, they're in the front, you know, pouch of your laptop bag or whatever. But I remember one, what community was it? It was, um, Hershey. it was Hershey. We have this like reusable bag, um, re, like reusable grocery bag that's green and has like some logo on it, some free bag that someone got at a booth that has like loose markers. Like there's probably 200 markers. I mean, we need a test if any of them work anymore, right? It's just like in this bag, like this big reusable bag. She threw her keys in there. It's like literally finding a needle in a haystack. At that point, I was like, I need a mentally note because we are never getting, as much as I love Hershey, Hershey constituency over there, we are never getting out of Hershey if I do not remember that that's where you put your keys, right? Like, <laughs> So I lean in on Tess's strengths. It's for my own safety, really. <laughs> And we lean in on one another. And what we really try to do is, in the podcast, talk about things that 
tend to lead to harder conversations. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we talk about real life. There have been moments where one of us gets very emotional, and we've talked about how to lean in on our strengths and talk mm -hmm. about how we can lean in on other people's strengths. We also lean in on listeners' strengths. Mm -hmm. So in the room, which we want to give big credit to, the naming of Jen and Millie. <gasps> bada -bing, bada -boom. Bob Arp, will you please raise your hand? Bob Arp. Bob has high ideation, and we were chatting about Bob. We're thinking about doing this, and what should we name it? And Bob just looked at us, and he said, Jen and Millie. You're a Gen Xer, Allison, Tess mm -hmm. is a millennial, and, and there came the name. Yep. So we do plan to continue to do a podcast, which we probably will continue to call Jen and Millie, I think. Mm -hmm. Can we trademark that? Sure, I'll find out. Sure, you, you can trademark things. But <laughs> I, it's, I've never done it before, but, but we'll, we'll figure no it out. We will no longer do it through teammates. But we feel like in these 87, 87? This is our 87th episode. I got the math right. You did. Also, so technically it's our 88th because we did a two-part episode one time and we named them part one and part two, but the same episode number. So technically we have 88 episodes. <laughs> Just for so clarity. 90. Just for Let's clarity. Allison math. So no, that's episodes, not Allison math. There are 88 episodes. In 90, in 90 episodes, we hope that our mentors, our mentees, our parents, our program coordinators, anyone who listens might glean a conversation that they can start with someone else. Yep. That's really important to us. That's why we have these dialogues. So I have been working really hard on doing things to surprise Tess as she is beginning her journey way east, to the east. And I've been trying to come up with little ways. She does not like surprises, by the way. I love them, so shouldn't everyone. And I've been very intentional about doing that. But today I said we are not coming in prepared. This is my favorite way to dialogue this, mm -hmm. to see what organically happens. Yep. Which we never really do. We don't very often come in prepared to episodes, yes. But you'll but, say to me, what are we mm -hmm. talking about? Yep. And we usually will be an article, or I quote Brene Brown all the time, or we'll refer to something mm -hmm. that we want to chat about. But today I gave her nothing. Absolutely zero plan. And I asked her explicitly about it. <laughs> and I said, what Many should times. I prepare? What are we going to talk about? Yep. So <laughs> what I would love to do is I have a couple cued questions in my brain, but I would love for you to think about questions that you might have. And then I will play... Um, Oprah and run with the microphone to you so that we make mm -hmm. sure that we capture the questions for the viewers and for the podcast because mm -hmm. we actually are going to episode 88 will be um, this, on our podcast right here yep. yep this this will be online this is the last episode. so if you have always wanted to be a podcast guest star think of a question <laughs> so your voice can be here we also are going to um i know we have some awesome people tuning in live online and so we have um tori barnes in the back awesome teammate staff member who is also probably going to provide us some questions that are coming in virtually so we'll make sure we take any virtual questions also. and i will also say that this tech crew is like no oh, tech crew i have Moxie. ever experienced Oof. before so thank you so much you make me feel very safe mm -hmm. um, appreciate mm -hmm. you so I have a couple canned questions but I have um, hoping that you might come up with some mm -hmm. turn your brains on to think about questions that you have for Millie Save oh, your it can be for Jen. Jen as well okay so Tess my very first question <laughs> okay. for you when <laughs> yes. you think about the art of strength spotting mm. and the gift that you have in looking for and recognizing strengths in people can you give an example a specific example of when you've done that or why it matters? Sure. Um, I, well, those are two really big questions, an example and why it matters, so I'll do both. Um, so uh, I did it, or well, we're doing strength spotting all the time here at conference because 
its conference and you see everyone's in strength, strengths in action all the time, right? We have a top five set of strengths and Gallup says your dominant themes, which are strengths usually one through 10 approximately, um, are um, comprised of 80% of your behavior, right? So if you're to splice out five minutes of your life, you probably have seen all five, your top five strengths in action. If you were to splice out what I would say 24 hours of your life, you're going to see all 10 in action, right? Probably. Um, if you have your top 10 or your dominant themes. And so we can see them all the time. And so it's so fun to, to spot and to, to see and to recognize. And um, and so I think one that I noticed this morning, also she's not in the room. I mean, she's presenting also, but I've mentioned Hannah a couple times. Um, we were in... Um, we were at the registration table, right? And I got assigned to registration table. I do not know how that happened because I was not good at registration table. A few of my fellow registration people are here and I'm like, I kept walking away or finding someone I wanted to see or someone needed me for something, whatever. So it was, it was not successful at being a registration team member. But um, there was one point in time where there was a little bit of calm before the storm and Hannah was walking by and I said, oh my gosh, you should take a picture of the registration team here and um, put it on social media. Say here so you can look for when you, you're coming to check in. We're excited for day three. And she comes and um, we all get situated and she makes a comment like, oh, you all look great and you're all matching. I'm like, well, you told us what to wear, red, yellow, and black. <laughs> I mean, so you kind of told us what to wear, number one. And then number two, she took a picture and said, great, bye, and like walked away, right? So I lean on and use Hannah's activator all the time. And then she actually then take, take, took a step back and said, that's my activator plus my positivity. Because I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it quick, and we're going to get it done, but I'm always going to do it with a smile on my face. And you've seen Hannah work, you know, I have to give her a huge shout out. She has just taken such a powerful lead of this conference and done an incredible job in putting it together for all of us. Your awesome name tags with like the Wi-Fi password on the name tags. That was all Hannah's um, Hannah's invention. And so um, definitely that would be a strength that I just spotted earlier today, and I told her about it. And then she said, well, that's actually that blended with that. So she then came back and strength spotted herself. And um, it's powerful because we use these all the time, but if we don't be intentional about remaining present to spot them, we don't always recognize our strengths in action. And so not only spotting them for ourselves, but especially for other people, we had a leadership leadership conference that we used to have, which was about halfway through the school year. Um, our former Iowa Regional Coordinator, Jay Wright, um, was attending as a program coordinator at that time. And we did a session on strengths, just strengths development for all of the program coordinators that were there. And you paused during it and said, will you strength spot? And I had we had just gone through like the history of strengths and um, the student success model graphic that we use a lot. And um, I didn't even recognize it, but I talked about in... Um, the student success model I talked about, workplace engagement, and I made a reference to Adam Smith, you know, the economic philosopher. I didn't even realize that I said it, but I made a comment about like, you know, the the iron, you know, the iron hand of management and like workers disengagement from from management from the worker and how like a lot of philosophers anticipated that as the economy grows and as life changes and as industry, you know, grows exponentially that the lowest of workers will remain disengaged from the end product, right? Um, and that was his whole, you know, philosophy. And so I made a comment about, okay, the way that we intercept that and reject it is by strength spotting, is by being present. And I didn't even realize I went off on this tangent about this economic philosopher and he spotted it and he was like, I've never heard you talk about that before. And I don't think I have, but that's my number one of context. So, so these are typically how these dialogues go. <laughs> She says a bunch of things that I don't know what she meant. 
and then I take notes. So you'll see me taking notes because of the things that she mm -hmm. says, and then I go and look them up later so that I act like I was nodding. Okay. And I but also, notes. okay, let's pause. That's your input. Yes. Input. So I'm going to strength spot that, right? Allie leads number one with input. Allison, Allie leads number one with input. Um, and so she'll take notes, especially of resources or things that she wants to follow up on, resources that she wants to provide. Um, because people with high input, um, they're collectors of information. So they like to gather lots of information. So I will just spot that for the crew. And you can hear Tess's learner. She is always learning, but always teaching. I have called her Professor Tess for some time. But I think this is a great way for us to think about everyone that's around us. Mm -hmm. The person you're seated next to, the person who's across the breakfast table from you, across from the conference room table from you, they have unique strengths. One in 33 mm -hmm. million likelihood not to be the same as yours. That same top five in the same order, technically. <laughs> that means everyone has something to teach you. Mm -hmm. And when we think about generational differences and we think about the ways that we show up at work, we show up with our family, we show up with our friends, there is that uniqueness. And we can mm -hmm. choose to see that as a superpower. Absolutely. I've been giving um, this metaphor that I really like and I wanted to um, have you describe it. So when I talk about strengths... I want us to all picture someone is moving, okay? Someone in our life is moving. So our best friend calls us and says, hey, I'm moving this weekend. Allie, can you come over and help me move? I want you to think about how you show up to that move. My high responsibility people here in the room, you're there 10 minutes early. With boxes and tape <laughs> um, and markers, yes. Brenda Searle is like, yep, that's me. <laughs> Those, of you, supplies. those yes. of you who have higher ranger are thinking about the ways that you can put the boxes in the U-Haul. Mm -hmm. Those of you with high ideation are probably thinking about different ways that Tess can decorate her new space. Those of us with high woo and communication, we're bringing the music and probably the beer. <laughs> and we might not be there on time, and we are there for the party. Those who have high relator will not mm -hmm. miss it. Mm-hmm. They are right there. So if we think about everybody shows up to that move very differently, mm -hmm. it's a really powerful thing to think about our strengths. All of us have experienced someone, a friend of ours, moving. And so when I see how Tess is now taking on this brand new adventure, I was thinking about all the ways that we could contribute our strengths to her new journey as Professor Tess. So at the front um, registration table, you'll notice they never put me at registration anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one would get through the line. I think that's so interesting. Um, hmm. But what I would love for you to think about is how could Tess lean in on your strengths or how could you wish Tess well with your strengths? And there's a book that has, it looks like a map and it's at the registration desk. And if you wanted to jot down a note to Tess hmm. to wish her well or remind her how you would show up to help her with this move, she would love that. I know that matters to her. I know her high relator would love to hear from each of you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so questions from the group. Anybody ready? Wow. I was like, Dan, I'm counting on you. I don't remember how long ago this show was, but, and I don't remember the context of the conversation you and Allie were having, but you said something about a farm store. It was an no. example of yeah. what we just talked about with Adam Smith up in Minnesota. Some, yeah. And then... You were lost and confused. Yep. And I ended up emailing it because it hit me with some kind of resonance, and I ended up sending a uh -huh. message back to you yeah. guys. Do you remember that and what yes. the store was yeah. and why that was of important? Of course, it's called Fleet Farm is the name of the store, which 
there are a lot of people, not Farm Fleet, Fleet Farm, not Fleet Farm is the name of the store, which everyone is looking at me with like glazed eyes. Because a lot of you are like Nebraskans or Wyomingites. Is there anyone from Wyoming? How do you how do you say Wyo Wyomingites? Wow. I Great. I like just totally made that up. Um, great. I'm glad. Um, but it's a, I, I don't know if it's Minnesota like owned or headquartered in Minnesota or not. I'm like looking to JC who works at Shields. I'm like, I feel like you should just know all the stores, right? Like I feel like you should, but, um, but it's um, like a farm supply store and it was in reference. The reason it came up is because it was actually our episode talking about our favorite gifts that we've ever received. And so uh, you talked about the filing cabinet. I talked about the desk. And if that's not enough of a, of a strength spot input here and learner here, thank you. See, pop quiz, everybody. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, so I searched and I did not actually get my desk until, um, get this gift, this Christmas gift, until about February or March because I had to find the perfect desk. It wasn't just a desk for my room to learn and to put my books at and to study at, but it had to be the perfect desk. Had to have some cabinets, had to have some spots for like, I was just going to keepsakes, which everybody is my context. Context, thank you. Had a few photos from the past or mementos, um, and then a space for a computer as well as a printer at that point in time. So um, it was the perfect desk. And so, yes, absolutely. So, Fleet Farm, check it out. It's orange. It's bright orange, um, and it's all, all over Minnesota. So, you really can't miss it if you're driving up there. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes. For those listening online, Dad said, I thought you wouldn't remember that and kind of <laughs> cracked his forehead. Nope. I, uh, the downside of context is that we tend to remember a lot of things. <laughs> so that was one of the episodes where we just kind of came up with a topic on the fly, and then we mm -hmm. talked about it. We talked about our favorite gift. Now, that is a great conversation that you could have mm -hmm. across the breakfast table with someone, across the lunch table from someone, to say, what was your favorite gift ever, and what strength might that be? Yeah. So for every warm, fuzzy story that I have, Tess would always have a piece of data to back it. And for every data piece that Tess would present as Professor Tess, I would have a warm, fuzzy story. And so we became, really when we presented, I would call us a powerhouse because we had the both, the both and. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for us to think about who are your complementary partners? Who is the Jen to your Millie or vice versa? Who can really um, be someone that enhances and makes you better mm -hmm. because they show up authentically who they are? Mm -hmm. Dan, that was a great question. Other questions? Kind of intrigued. All right, Anna Bear, I'm coming to you. I know her positivity. Hello. What was the most surprising generational difference that you two discovered throughout your time? I didn't hear the question. What was the most surprising generational difference we discovered throughout these conversations? Oh. I know, that's a really good one. Music? Hmm. I didn't know Bob Seger, which was, yes, the catalyst, most certainly. Oh, most certainly, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maureen asked for those online um, uh, if I've ever stepped Allie with her not knowing a band I listened to. Sure. Quite a few. 
Yeah, quite a few. I'm trying to think the biggest, I think the biggest generational difference is, I actually really, really liked when we talked about communication. Mm-hmm. The fact that you didn't have a cell phone yeah. until later on in life. <laughs> later Are you afraid? Life. To, are you afraid? <laughs> Go ahead. With nope. No, that's all right. La- later on in life. When I got one in middle school, like I got a phone in middle school and I was the first person in my class to get of cell phone, but I was involved in all the activities. So my parents always wanted to know where I was. And so I got a little like Nokia that you could clip on the case covers. And I had an orange and blue case cover to my little Nokia T9 texting um, that I would, um, that I had in, in, when I was in sixth grade in middle school. And so, um, yeah. And I remember when you shared that with Haley, your mentee, right. And you've talked about the fact that you didn't get a cell phone until much later on in life. And you had a little, use a little rotary, rotary dial. Mm-hmm. I did not know this, actually this form of communication. I didn't know what a party line was. And I think that was the biggest generational difference, right? I did not know what a party line was. And so she told me about it. And my parents had never shared about that. I didn't know about it. I don't know if we didn't have a party line, if they didn't have a party line growing up or Do what you the know issue how was. Seen and heard, I feel right now. Okay, yes. <laughs> Raise your hand if <laughs> you know you. what a party line okay. is. Okay, uh, Tor- let's just note there are a few people who are not raising their hands. Okay. Like, okay, thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> like, I feel solidarity I here right now. I <laughs> feel really, really seen. Um, so when we talked about communication, we talked about the rotary dial phone that I yep. had. And I said, you know, I had a, the busy signal is what we talked about first. Mm-hmm. What it was like to get a busy <laughs> signal because communication, woo, I was on phone all night. Mm-hmm. And it had a long cord and I could walk all over the place and have all these conversations. But a party line, for those who don't know and the, and the listeners at home who don't know, you could listen in to other people's conversations. <laughs> So growing up, on the farm, <laughs> growing up on the farm, I knew what was going on if I came home from school because I would loudly come in and announce myself as usual. And my mom would do this at me because she was listening in to somebody's conversation. Sorry, mom. But she was. She was listening in to somebody's conversation. They would give clicks to tell you to get off the line. Mm-hmm. And so when I was describing this to Tess, it was just kind of the way that when she describes philosophers like that Fraunhofer guy, what's his name? Bon, do you mean Bonhoeffer? He's a theologian, not a philosopher. That guy. Okay. She, technically. When she says things I don't understand, <laughs> I kind of look at her blankly. And when I said party line, she looked at me blankly. And mm-hmm. so we were able to talk through... Yep. what that was like. And I think the safety of these conversations allowed me, because normally I might have gone, oh, cool, party line. And then I would have looked it up later because my learner was curious, right? But I think the fact when we finally realized, because of the whole Bob Seger Saget situation, um, when we finally like realized this, it opened the space for, for, the, for these conversations to happen. And so I feel like that built trust with us. Yes. It built a place of safety and a community of safety to have really authentic conversations. So then I was able to say more and more. I don't know what that means. Will you please explain? Um, rather than just like not along, right? Which is what, you know, the whole effort, not only strength spotting one another, recognizing our general di- generational differences, but truly living in our authentically awesome self, right? Our authentically awesome selves living in our purpose. And that is 
our goal in life, our dream jobs in life is to be fully ourselves, right? And having space, a space where you can do that and a community that is in line with that dream and mission, I think has allowed for even more honesty um, in these dialogues to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's talk through that. Or mm-hmm. I'm reading body language and you seem confused, even though you're nodding along with me because your woo is going to, yeah, okay, where I can uh, take the time to slow down, explain what I'm saying, or you can take the time to do the same with me. Mm-hmm. I think... It is a lot of adaptability, and I have adaptability very low. So to be able to lean into that and into the conversations, Tess does not listen back to our recordings. I do, and I panic. I do a lot of, can you take that down? Could you please delete that? Could you Mm -hmm. edit that? Would you be able to do that? But that's not us. It's not us. It's not us. And so we have been able to just kind of go with it. One of my um, favorite episodes was when not just the differences, but when we're in alignment in an almost serendipitous way, I chose, I, I knew what her word of the year was. I guessed she it. She knew it. And it was for it. me like this moment of knowing where someone is headed, knowing how somebody is excited about the future and just being in that energy. I just knew it. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't think it could be as simple of a word as hope. And on the podcast, if you listen back to it, you probably know the episode number. I do not. Okay. Visual learner. Remember, we were on a podcast at that point in time. I, visual, we didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a video. It was a podcast recording. Yep. Yep. So when I think back to that episode, I said out loud, my gosh, it can't be. It can't be something as simple as hope. That was her verbatim, what she said. Can't be as something as simple as hope. And it was hope. Let's hope. And then we did a couple, we've done a couple Facebook lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did our choice, uh, each of us choose a word of the year each year. And we had some of you guess her word this year, which is integrity. Mm-hmm. And some of you helped to guess. I think, JC, you guessed my word. Yep. Um, there were a lot of great guesses mm-hmm. from this group here. but A lot of uh, good ideas for next year. My word of the year is muse. Um, I almost got my tambourine, well, I did get my tambourine out um, to demonstrate that that is my word of the year. So we spend a lot of time having conversations about what's next Mm -hmm. and future casting and trying to build hope Mm -hmm. by just having a simple conversation. We we Mm -hmm. think that's powerful and we want all of you to think about ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Question from the group. What was each of your favorite episodes? Yeah, you can go first. <clears throat> I see you. Everyone else sees you. We're not on the podcast. We're not on a podcast. Go first. Well, that's the point of a live episode. They see what it's like behind the scenes, and I'm like, I need time to think. You um, go first. <laughs> I. It was a hard episode, actually, where uh, Tess held space for me to say something that was hard for me to say out loud. And um, I distinctly remember um, we were in person to do it. And she was doing kind of like what she's doing right now with her face and her eyes. And she just kind of held the space for me to say something really hard. Um, That was a favorite episode for me because it allowed me to remember that there are people in my life who accept me no matter what. Mm -hmm. Who see me for my strengths and talent, even in my worst days. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was probably my favorite episode, although difficult. It was one of my favorite. Difficult. Yeah. 
Um, one of my favorite was actually a recent recent one, I think, although there, I have lots of really favorites, so I think I'm going to think of four more, like I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and think of one. I'm like, I should have said that was my favorite one. So that's my intellection in action. Keep thinking forever and ever about questions. But um, one of my favorites, we did a recent one where we talked about, I talked about a recent theme bias that I didn't realize that I had. And I really loved talking about it. Um, I encountered someone that kind of had rubbed me the wrong way because, right, we talk about strengths and we can strength spot each other and it's awesome, but strengths are so prevalent when things are not awesome, right? When you encounter someone that's frustrating or you don't get along with or you're just like, why is that person that way? Like, there just feels like they're getting under my skin. Usually it's because of a difference in strengths, right? And so there was somebody that I had encountered that I was like, ooh, I just like don't feel like they're getting where I'm coming from, like I'm having a hard time. And I realized this person leads with very high consistency. And I lead with very high individualization, which is consistency's least likely pair, statistically. Consistency used to be called fairness. And so consistency is about treating people the same way. And individualization is about catering your approach to every single person that you talk to. And so, and I love both. And I've talked to people with high consistency. And my dad has really high consistency. And so I've lived with someone who has high consistency. And I did not quite realize that I did have bias towards it. And not bias towards anyone that has high consistency in the room. It's not starting towards it. But I realized that I, because I so value when things are catered and individualized because of my high individualization, that that feels like a greater form of love than being treated the same way as someone else. Right. And that's my bias. And I, so I realized and recognized that as a bias and kind of broke that down, like deconstructed that. And to say, to say from someone that has high consistency, treating everyone the same way is the best way that they can love someone. If I see them treating people differently, <laughs> actually, that's not the greatest form of love because they're not being motivated by fairness. And so recognizing that in myself was really helpful um, because I did talk about like even my dad. I have a great relationship with both my parents. They're awesome. Helping me move out to D.C. They listen every once in a while. So sorry, mom and dad, <laughs> you're listening. But, um, but I realized that his balancing of my mom's relator, my mom and I are really close. And so he would balance and spend a lot more time with my siblings because he wanted fairness from the two of them as parents, right? So he would spend less time with me. And I interpreted that as a lesser form of love because my mom would spend a lot of time with me. And I said, actually, that's the greatest way that he's loving all of us is by spending what seems like inconsistent time with each of us, but that's a motivation of his consistency and belief to show up as the best parents that they possibly can. So, so I think both of our episodes represent vulnerability mm -hmm. and they were favorite moments for us because we were real mm -hmm. and honest, even though it was hard. Yeah. Um, I think theme bias is something that we, we danced around and then Tess just laid it out there and was mm -hmm. really willing to, to walk through yeah. that. Um, and I've had my, Gallup certification since the fall of 2016 and had been learning about that for quite a few years prior. And so what I love actually about that example and why I was like, I want to be really real that I just, you know, had this spark of not really appreciating what consistency looks like. I wanted to model that as this place of like, I feel like people look to us, they look to the number of downloads, they look to the number of episodes and say, they've got it. They know them all. They know how to strength spot really well. But we're all learning. Like John Clifton wanted people to only know his number one, their number one strength. Because he said, you can do a lifetime of learning and still not know everything 
about your number one strength, right? Which is insane, right, to think about that. And there's been a lot more research about the power of blends in your top five and top 10. Um, but I think that's powerful, right? That you can look to people who talk this talk and attempt to walk this walk on, as authentically as we can. And you can say, gosh, they really know their stuff, right? But there are things that I'm uncovering on a daily basis about how I use my strengths or biases I have towards strengths that I need to reckon with in my own life. So I really wanted that to be an example. But that was one where I'm like, I love to teach about it, but just recognize my own personal bias was hard. Like, I'll teach about the difference between consistency and individualization till I'm blue in the face, but to recognize and say, gosh, I realized that I just felt that that was a lesser form of love, and I need to recognize that as the best way people with high consistency show up. It was powerful for me. We're always in practice, and I think that's something that we try to model with the podcast because uh, I don't know what I'm doing all nope. the time. Mm -mm. Um, and Tess knows that, but I think that <laughs> By demonstrating that growth mindset and we're willing to practice mm -hmm. and we're willing to own and get in those moments has helped a lot. Yeah. Sarah, do you have a question? No. Scratching her head. Um, Denise did, Denise. though. Denise. My Exeter girl. And then, Tori, we have any questions yet? Okay. Online. Okay. When you look back at your 12-year-old selves, Love it. and I'm asking this because I've known Allison all her life, um, do you see the same strengths? that you have now. Yeah, absolutely. I share a story from fifth grade, which is kind of around 12, right? Fifth, sixth grade, right? Okay, yeah. thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, 10 11. Okay, so in fifth grade, my I'm from a smaller-ish town in Minnesota, and my fifth grade teacher was my aunt because my cousin was also in my class, and we only had two classes, and she couldn't very well have her mom as her teacher, so I got her as my teacher, my aunt and my godmother, Mrs. Lattery. I had to call her in the classroom, Auntie Lynn outside of the classroom. And we learned about the American Revolution. And I n never, I'm like giddy. <laughs> I just realized I'm like <laughs> sitting, I'm like, I'm just getting so giddy. Um, because, because I never knew, I, I, I've always loved history and I've been fascinated and I would read the little like, I think scholastic book biographies of, of historical figures. And I don't think I ever really realized how much I love history and how much we can learn from history um, until I went through that class. And we spent a whole week, we reenacted the Boston Tea Party. We got to pick a historical figure from the American Revolution to portray. And of course, I picked Benedict Arnold because I was like, I'm, nobody's going to know I'm the traitor. It's going to be so great. I'm going to play my part so well. I'm a revolutionary. And it was, ended up being Benedict Arnold. And it was just like the way that Mrs. Lattery, the way that my aunt taught it, the way that it came to life is just so it was just insanely powerful, and it made me realize how much I love history, but how much history informs what's currently happening, right? So we talked about um, the Bill of Rights. We talked about the Declaration of Independence, what the Constitution means. And so in my mind, you know, now that I am in, going into the field, you know, have been in the field, and I'm going into the field of sociology, right? How our social systems interplay with that, right? So it was my context in action, my learner in action, and a full story cycle. She's a mentor that I talk about a lot. Um, she will be visiting me over um, the teacher break. Um, MEA, um, Minnesota Education Association, has a Thursday, Friday off every October, um, and I'm moving to Washington, D.C., and she has never been to Washington, D.C., so we are going to visit the U.S. monuments together with the person that made me love U.S. history, which is pretty powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, for sure, was, as you know, Denise, a problem kid. <laughs> I spent a lot of quality time in the principal's office. Um, verbal exuberance would be a way to describe me. Um, and I loved, loved being on stage. 
So I, I know a lot of you heard the Mrs. Weber story many times over, so I'm not going to share that story. But what I actually thought of as I was walking back is we had the Exeter Centennial, I believe, in 1979. Is that right? Eight. Eight? So I would have been about three. And I got to sing You're a Grand Old Flag with my mom <laughs> in a matching gingham stop, outfit stop. with a bonnet. And I was in all of my glory. Are there photos? There are photos. Oh, hallelujah. <gasps> oh my gosh, that is like DVD I immediately goals. regret okay. this decision. Yes. I immediately yes. regret sharing that story. Um, but I remember just being, I stood on the stage and I just, my mouth was wide and I was happy, happy, happy. And I, as I was walking back up here, when you asked that question, I'm like, I got a microphone in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, when my woo communication is being honored, I am happy, happy where I think it has turned into not just, not just something about me. It's when I use it to share something that might make a difference. Um, And I also like to use my verbal exuberance as a listener now. I'm watching Mm -hmm. for those kiddos um, who want to be on the stage, who -hmm. want to have their voice heard, who want to have the microphone. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of people back home that I have to thank for that because they saw that as something that was right about me. Um, They saw it as a superpower. I spent so much time with Mr. Evans, my elementary principal. I mean, he would just be like, yep, what's up, Allison? Because I'd be in the office again and again. And years later when we ran into Mr. Evans and my son was walking along with me, I heard the Allison Marie horn. (laughs) And you just stop in your tracks. You know the principal's voice. Mm Mm-hmm. And I turned around and I said, oh my gosh, Mr. Evans. And I introduced him to Sean and I said, this is my elementary principal. And Mr. Evans was like, yeah, your mom spent a lot of time in my office. And Sean just kind of big eyes. He goes, why? What'd she do? And he went like this. And Mm -hmm. Sean said, that's weird. That's what she does. That's her job. That's her job. (laughs) And I realized the correlation to Mm -hmm. innate strengths. We always, we talk about this a lot, nature Mm -hmm. versus nurture. There were so many mentors in my life who nurtured that, the best of me, that could have said, Mm -hmm. knock it off, kid. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. They chose to give me a mic. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very, very grateful for that. And I know that Mm -hmm. we've talked about that on a couple episodes Mm -hmm. as well. We have. We have. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. I want to make sure we honor time because we are, like, literally cut off at a certain point in time. Three Three minutes. Thank you. Great to have this tech support. I'm like, seriously, I'm like, no, but, um, (laughs) but yes. So I do just want to, um, to say a few words before we conclude. And um, this is the final episode with formal teammates affiliation. We'll continue these conversations in some ways, but in many ways we're terming this, terming this the, the final episode. And um, it has been one of my greatest joys to have these conversations Thank and you. I'm not going to go in anymore. We already had those conversations over a glass of wine last night because I won't be able to read my end script because of it. But thank you all for being with us on this journey. Even if this is your very first episode you've ever listened to, we're grateful for it. So um, in terms of action items, we always like to pose a few action items for people as they leave today. And I think a big thing is, um, for me at least, is to just strength spot someone else, right? You don't need to know their top five. You don't need to be an expert. We did a staff day, quite a few um, maybe a year ago, where um, Scott Miller, one of our accountants, it was like his third day on the job, and we did speed dating strengths. 
So like speed dating, she got 30 seconds to strength spot someone. Everyone had their top five in front of them. And he had been on the job three days and he strength spotted every person that he connected with, right? You don't need to know all of what they mean. You don't need to know the theme blends, the raw mature, all of those details they come. Just spot each other's strengths, right? And you don't even need to have someone's top five in front of you. Um, you do not have to be an expert, right? Um, you just have to show up, um, spot someone's strengths, and you'll be surprised at how you can make someone's day and um, allow them to develop their own strengths as a result. See their best authentic self. So that's my encouragement. That's my action item. An action item you want to throw out? Um, I think really thinking about how can you use your voice mm -hmm. to have conversations like this and tell us. We want to know. Yeah. We want to know how you do it, how you extend this learning. Awesome. So without further ado, thank you everyone for tuning in to episode 87 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions and action items that we posed in this episode, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram. If you have Instagram, if you don't, that's okay too. Um, at Jen and Millie, that's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E, L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.